You're listening to the Legend Vest Podcast for Entrepreneurs. Whether you're just getting started or been in business for many years, we take a deep dive into what it takes to truly become successful. It's time to level up your business and your personal life. Now, please welcome your hosts, Jameson and Courtney Gavin. What's up, legends? All right, all right. So it's 5.05 a.m. on a Saturday, and I am deep in it. I am in the sauce. I am drinking the Kool-Aid. If you don't know what Kool-Aid is, I hope, I hope, I hope you Google it right after you heard this episode. So listen, folks, this is the Legend Vest Podcast. My name is Jameson Gavin, and this is where we teach you how to become a legend and how to invest in yourself. So no, 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 I'm not at the club. Like I said, it's five o'clock in the morning on a Saturday. I'm not doing shots. I'm not popping bottles. I'm literally here bringing you the content. Like I said, I was just uh, actually reading some case studies and just doing my own case studies of some businesses. And then I had an idea and I said, man, I remember there was a company way back in the 90s when I was just a little young whippersnapper and uh, my parents would actually order these groceries online and then the groceries are actually delivered to the house. I said, I wonder what happened to that company. So I did some research, found out who the company was, and I said, you know what, I'm going to do a full case study on this to find out, you know, why I think this business failed, what I think about it today in the future. So here we are, and this is what we got, folks. So in today's business case study, I want to talk about a company which raised over $800 million and was so far ahead of its time, ladies and gentlemen. You may have totally forgot about them like I actually did and almost totally forgot that they even existed. So according to Statista, the food retail industry comprises basically of food sold at food retailers such as grocery stores, mass merchandisers, drugstores like your Wal- uh, Walgreens, CVS, um, fast food retailers such as food service facilities, and the total retail and food service sales in the United States amounts to about $5.7 trillion, with a T dollars. Absolutely mind-blowing. So if you don't remember this company that I'm actually talking about, the name of the company was webvan.com, and it was founded by Luis Borders. Yes, that borders. I did a podcast on on, uh, on Luis Borders and on the Borders company, Borders, the bookstore Borders, um, not too long ago. So if you don't recall that episode or if you haven't heard that, make sure you go back. It's obviously archived. Everything is there. You can literally just pull it up on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, SoundCloud, wherever you listen to this podcast. So you can just go back and find that episode and it's, it's Borders. Um, and you're going to just be like, wow, this is just so amazing how this one guy is so involved in so many different things and he's involved into more stuff, which is like bonkers, which I'll be doing some podcasts on those other businesses as well. But check that out. So what's so amazing is Webvan, after the uh, Luis Borders is the CEO, Webvan then goes on to hire a CEO of Anderson Consulting, which I don't know if you know this. Obviously, I, I know this, but um, it, Anderson Consulting is now Accenture. They still do consulting services. After Anderson, um, so after that happens, George Shaheen then goes on. Um, he gets basically fired, and then they basically bring a guy on named uh, Robert Swan. The crazy thing about George Shaheen when he was the CEO is he signed a deal with Webvan to get paid $375,000 for the rest of his life. 
even if he gets fired, even if he gets cut off, even if he goes to prison, he still gets $375,000 in an annual salary per year that's going to be paid to him from Webvan. And this is like back in the 90s, ladies and gentlemen. That's a lot of flipping money to still get even if you screw everything up. I mean, what a phenomenal contract. I need to get me a contract like that. If I screw up something, I'm still going to get paid a heck of a lot of money. OK, so then you got Robert Swan. Robert Swan was hired. He was actually from GE. We know GE, too. I've talked about GE. I talk about these companies a lot on the podcast. Now, what's so amazing about all of this is none of these CEOs have ever touched, been involved, worked in, done anything in the grocery world. Not a single one of them. And, you know, I want to talk about this just for a really quick moment because, you know, we're speaking to entrepreneurs, we're speaking to business owners, we're speaking to people whom are financially taking care of their own lives. So you may be, you know, self-employed or you may have a, a side hustle or a business that you're working on. This is this is legend nation. Those who are investing in themselves um, and, you know, and really focusing on being better and, and providing for themselves or for yourselves. And so when you look at this, you have leaders who know nothing about an industry. And it's okay if you don't know what you're about to get into. It's okay. However, when you have an established business and you're getting funding of $800 million, you need to freaking deep dive way into this business. Mistake number one for Webvan was putting a leader in charge of an industry or, or in charge of Webvan who doesn't didn't didn't excuse me what am I saying who did not and does not understand the grocery industry. I mean, you're receiving almost a billion dollars, and your leader is from GE. That doesn't make any sense. I'm not saying that you that you have to have experience in, in what you're starting, because I certainly have not had experience in a lot of businesses that I've started. However, I've been so wise and so smart enough to know that whatever I was getting into, I had to deep dive in it from the standpoint of literally doing the, the least favorable job to like mopping the floor or running the cash register to being in the boardrooms and understanding everything around it. So I don't know who all was on their board and all the people they had on their team to make sure that they were successful because I couldn't find that information. However, what I can say is if I was, you know, gave someone $800 million to go start a company, I want to be darn fl flipping sure that they're going to understand the industry that they're so that was mistake number one. So now I'm going to go into, into, into this further. All right. The second mistake is too much capital applied in the wrong direction. And really, folks, this really comes from poor leadership. And I'm, I'm, I'm so tired of seeing poor leadership. I mean, I'm seeing that the DMs that you guys are sending me and I'm letting you know what I think about your businesses. And please, please, please continue to send them to me because I'm going to give you the raw advice that I believe is necessary for your company. But when it comes down to it, a lot of the, the main problems is poor leadership. So number one was really boiled down to poor leadership, not picking the right leaders. And these leaders don't understand what it's going to need to take. They're, they've been doing what they've been doing for so long. They don't understand what needs to be in this new industry. And so they try to do what was previously or what previously worked for them over there. But it's not going to work for this. And when you look at this number two, 
too much capital being applied in the wrong direction. Webvan used these two funds primary. So these two ways were the primary ways they used their funds, okay? Number one was quick expansion into new cities and new markets. They believed that if they could very quickly, like just with a blitz, Craig or whatever, just go out and just expand like nationwide, boom, like 25 cities, major cities, boom, 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 right? Knock them out the park. They thought that that was gonna be the solution. And then the second thing that they did with their funds was they invested or they used those funds to build a very high-tech warehouses. Okay, so I'm going to dissect both of those, right? Webvan spent huge sums on high-tech warehouses that were designed to revolutionize distribution. However, they turned out to be mostly a waste of freaking money. The technology cost was way, way, way too high when labor was relatively low in the 1990s. You think about the 1990s. I remember when I first started driving, gas was like, I mean, super, it was like less than like a dollar or it was like a dollar. It was so cheap. You look at the cost of things then versus the cost of things now, drastically higher. We can see now, ladies and gentlemen, that Amazon has perfected what we believe the system for warehousing. However, the cost of technology has drastically decreased uh, for Amazon than it was for Webvan. And this, the, the, the number one reason for number two is, you know, because I talked about the warehousing. I think the bigger portion of that is actually how they try to expand to new cities so quickly. So when it comes to expansion and, and scalability, I am the number one believer that if you're not in a business or in an industry that is scalable, then you're not going to become rich. It's just that simple. People ask me, you know, how, how do I get rich? I say, you need to find an industry that's scalable and then you got to scale it. And it, because if, if you're working for money, and I did a, uh, like a, like a, what do you call it? Like a little FaceTime video or whatever on Instagram, but, um, you know, like a little uh, a video that I did on Instagram, and I talk about that, right? And I talk about if you're not in something that can scale, you're never going to get rich, right? So if you're spending your time for money, unless you're in the entertainment industry and you can actually make a heck of a lot of money on that for that particular time, like if you have a TV show or something like that, you're never going to get rich. And that's like less than 1% of 1% of 1% of 1% who are in the entertainment industry and making that type of money. So you need to be in a business that can scale. However, for Webvan, they try to scale too quickly into different markets. When you are in an industry for your business legendation, focus, focus, focus on building one business first, one market first, one sector first, and then expanding on that. It's not about how quickly you can build this company. It's not about you expanding to 50 markets and going nationwide and around the world. If you try to do that model, you will fail. It has to be train one pony first, win some races, and then you keep, keep, keep going. That's just how it is, okay? So the next mistake is poor customer service. In the early days of Webvan, customer service was fair and nothing really stood out as a major disappointment when we really think about it. Most web companies before the dot-com bubble had pretty standard customer service. However, their competition, Homegrocer, was known for good customer service. So you got fair customer service, then you got good customer service. After Webvan acquired Homegrocer, the customer service began to basically just drop. And when it comes to groceries and, and produce, things like that, like especially produce, fruits, vegetables, all that type of stuff, 
you know, when it spoils, that's going to be your product. Your product is actually things that you can eat. And when fruit and vegetables spoil and then you have a problem with that and you try to get your money back and they're not willing to be swift with that process, that's going to be the customer service world for Webvan. And when customers complain, there was often no resolve. Amazon today, you look at what Amazon is doing. Amazon completely changed this game with Jeff Bezos believing the customer is most important to the company. And basically, he's right. You know, if you keep the customer, this is something I tell Courtney, and I tell her this for our businesses as well. I say, if you focus on keeping the customer, you allow the other companies to not even get a shot off. When you look at sports, right, you look at basketball, for example, Height is actually very uh, advantageous in basketball versus a lot of other sports because if, if a player can't even get his shot off and someone is able to block his shot, then he doesn't even have an opportunity to score. So no matter how fast or how quick he is, if a player is taller than him and standing over him, there's no way that that ball can get in the bucket. So smaller players have to become more dynamic, more creative than some taller players because they can't even get the shot off. So they have to be more agile and be more quick and be more you know, dynamic. So if you can keep the customer and not even allow the other companies, aka your competitors, to even get a shot off, you're flipping winning. It's just that simple. So protecting the customer you have is worth 10 times as much as the customer you want. There are so many big businesses right now, ladies and gentlemen, who are focused on just gaining new clients. I, I hate it when I see it, when, you know, I, when I, I'm even looking at some of the DMs and people are telling me, what type of incentives should I give, you know, for new customers, new customers? And I'm like, what incentives are you doing for the customers that you have? So many times people are so focused on sales for new customers, they're not thinking about how to con convert and get more money and get better customers out of the customers that they already have. How do I convert a good customer to become an awesome customer? Let, let's, let's focus on that because I already have them as a customer. They already like my product or my service. So let me keep them and make them a better customer. That was also the mistake of Webvan, okay? The next and, and final mistake I want to talk about is focusing on your MVP, then scale carefully, okay? So if you are an entrepreneur, remember this. MVP is greater than GBF. And so I'm using these terms. I know you don't have a probably entrepreneur degree from the University of Central Florida or from Harvard, but you know, the MVP is your minimal viable product. It needs to be greater than your GBF, which is getting big fast. So these are like these are just terms for businesses and entrepreneurship. So it's not to say that GBF or getting big fast should never be used. However, it should not even be whispered in the bowels of King Tut's tomb in Cairo, Egypt, before you have proven your model is successful in one market. If your business still needs you every day to run it, ladies and gentlemen, Legend Nation, it ain't ready for GBF. If you ain't making any profit, and I'm using ain't because I'm being straight with Legend Nation, if you ain't making any profit, you also just ain't ready for GBF. Webvan hired. Think about this. So for me and my businesses, and this is just it's just the fact of why I am an entrepreneur, because I love and I care about people. I have a huge heart and I have huge compassion 
for people. And when I look at businesses and entrepreneurship, I can build businesses without employees. I can, that's not a problem for me. I have businesses that have literally no employees, it's just me. And when I look at the, 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 the businesses that I love the most have been the businesses that have had a lot of employees where I'm able to impart into people's lives to teach them these lessons in, in these conversations like I'm having on these podcasts, but literally one on one in the office, one on one in a warehouse, one on one on a site or one on multiple, you know, in, in meetings where I've had and, and we're just talking about financial education literally to like 50 employees at one time for, you know, over a lunch and when you look at this, folks, Webvan hired over 2,000 people, 2,000 families, 2,000 mothers, fathers, brothers, sisters, you know, sons, daughters, and laid them all off in under two years. Two years. You can't even get a full college degree in two years anymore. They laid 2,000, there's some colleges that don't even have 2,000 people. They laid off 2,000 people in two years. It's sad. And being a CEO, being a leader of this company, I really think that being a CEO is, is, a, is, a, is a true responsibility. And I know for me, like one of the biggest burdens, and I, and I, and I say it's a burden because it's, it's something that I willingly take, but it's something that I know every night, like when I rest my head, I think about my employees and I think about the lives and the impact that I have on them. And I know that that responsibility for me is not taken lightly. And I take that burden as I have to make sure that I continue to act and perform and hold myself in, uh, in a positive light that can continue to uplift our employees, right? The people who choose to work for our organizations, for our companies, for the organizations that I'm a part of, you know, who work and work hard in these in these particular businesses, as me as a leader, I have a responsibility to take care of them. And that that's just a fact. And so having to lay off 2000 people, it just that's that's terrible. That is just that is absolutely terrible, terrible. So one of the coolest things about, you know, and I say this kind of funnily, but or, that's not a word as well, but I say this laughingly with humor is, um, you know, one of the cool things about this business failing is that if it was not for this business failing web van, we may not have actually seen Amazon be what it is today. And that's just the truth. The, the fact of the matter is Jeff Bezos, and one of the reasons why I actually like Bezos is he's actually a pretty smart guy. I mean, he's got to be a smart guy if he's like the richest man on the planet. So he's hired multiple previous execs from Webvan. I absolutely love this. And he's hired them to basically study what did what did you guys do wrong? What did Webvan do wrong that we do not want to do wrong here at Amazon? So let's actually look at the mistakes that were made previously. Let's look at the failures. Let's look at, you know, scaling too fast, GBF. Let's look at, you know, just focusing on our minimal viable viable product. Let's let's focus on one market. Let's focus on Seattle first you know, on, a, on our gross refresh or whatever. Let's focus on making sure that our costs for building our warehouses are not um, too exorbitant. You know, let's focus on the capital that we receive, actually managing that capital and applying it to where it needs to be applied first and not just spreading it out thin and then nothing actually gets built properly. And so when you look at it, there's companies like Fresh Direct, Delivery.com, Foodsy, Foodora, and then you got Amazon Fresh. 
And so it's so cool that these companies are actually learning about what Webvan did and how they failed. And I so, so, so respect Jeff Bezos. And maybe it was his idea, maybe it wasn't. But I so respect that idea of, you know what, I don't know it all. And I'm going to actually just, you know, humble myself and say, hey, yeah, I, I am pretty rich, but you have some information that I would love to learn about. And I really value your experience. And so if you don't mind, I would love to hire you, pay you well, and you be a part of this organization. And let's build this to what you wanted Webvan to be. But let's use those mistakes that you uncovered before and let's actually grow from that together. Let's do that together and so we don't have to lay off 2000 people who changed their careers and moved halfway across the world or the country to you know who believed in us and so we don't have to actually let them go and file bankruptcy 2 years later. So, I hope you enjoyed this episode. I know it's a little bit length lengthy. I try to make these episodes around 15 minutes uh, because I know people are driving to work, but I hope you enjoyed this one. Remember Webvan is not what you want to do, uh, how you want to fail your business. And if you focus on those those three, four things of how they failed and, I, and you listen to how I told you not to fall into those traps, you will succeed in your business. Thank you once again. Please share these episodes, like and subscribe. Hit me in the DMs. I want to hear your stories. And thanks again for listening.